This episode is brought to you by the Enneagram 5 community. Join our free community to get early access to episodes, attend live community events, and meet other Enneagram 5s like you. Visit the link in the description to learn more. We'll see you over there. So, Cody. Yeah. How do you feel when I ask you these questions and you have no idea what I'm about to ask you? It used to be really unnerving. But I have grown, and I am now wiser and smarter, and it doesn't plague me with uncertainty as much as it used to. (laughs) I am now Supreme Cody. So we're talking about a very timely subject for us. Very, yeah. For a couple of reasons. (laughs) It's multiple layers, (laughs) really. Yeah. So the first, I think, is is that to give you, everyone listening, a behind the scenes of how we go about putting the season together. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Usually we sit down and map out at least like three-fourths of what we want to do in terms of episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get started recording, and then we edit them, and then we just start publishing them because it forces us to finish the season. <laughs> so we just get like three three episodes done, and we're like, all right, season's ready. <laughs> and inevitably, as uh, we start to catch up with the episodes that we've already had done, we start to get a little bit more anxious. And then by the end, we're like, okay, we've recorded everything we plan to talk about, what are we going to talk about now? And that's how this conversation came about. (laughs) (laughs) Because we've, I feel like we've definitely uh, been avoiding this for so long because we were just, we didn't know what we wanted to talk about. And eventually it was like, well, I mean, maybe we should talk about how we avoid uncertainty. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or, um, or maybe how we feel about uncertainty. Sure. Yeah. And uh, because we don't always avoid it. At least I don't. No, and and that's changed over time, even with me. So it's a it's yeah. a good conversation to visit and see if we can get any good golden nuggets of wisdom out of it, or if we quit fifteen minutes in and <laughs> try to do a different topic, well, which you, has happened. Well, apparently you are Supreme Cody now, so uh, mm. there'll be lots of golden nuggets. Cody, Cody, Cody Supreme, I think is oh, better. Sorry, Cody Supreme, like Sorcerer Supreme, <laughs> Cody Supreme. I was thinking more like Taco Bell Supreme. Oh, either way, it comes last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this will be the most updated episode because we're recording it now and it's coming out in a, in a few like essentially a few days from now. Yeah, yeah. So. This was the last one that we planned to record. We had a space open for it was the last one that mm-hmm. we. Yeah, we yeah. had like three different topics we were gonna do, and then all of them just kind of something happened with all of them that caused it to where it just didn't happen, I guess. And so here we are. Yeah. All of it is just so uncertain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but. We're thriving in uncertainty. Currently, yeah. 
I think so. I'm choosing to believe that. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier, I've, I've realized. I am certain that we're thriving in uncertainty. Yeah. <laughs> Manifesting it, maybe. <laughs> and so it's timely. This conversation is timely for that reason. And also timely because of what is going on in your life right now. Yeah, so I've talked so much about my job, and then I literally lost it yesterday. And it was, you know, it's one of those unfortunate situations where, and I think uh, I also found out that my boss listens to this podcast, so this will be oh boy. Fun, fun for him to listen to. <laughs> um, I'll choose words carefully. Uh, it's It was just an unfortunate situation where the market changed, and... I'm in sales and it was kind of out of my control. And I would say that a lot of other people on the sales team is right at, right behind me on the way out the door. It was kind of a lay myself off situation. So, you know, um, it was, but it worked out to be probably the best circumstance that it could have been in, in considering, you know, considering everything. So, yeah. um, yeah, so, and, and, and I left on good terms. Everybody's been super supportive at that company and jumping in and willing to help me try to find another job and I've had some really good conversations with everybody there and so here I am and I'm a free agent I guess as it, as it were but I'm looking at this situation as trying not to get too caught up in the uh, the panic of mm. uncertainty and knowing that I have about a, a month of runway before I will be in, in dire straits mm choosing to make this uh, an opportunity to maybe jump into something that I like even more. And maybe uh, there's a few, there's a few boxes I would like to check. Obviously I want to, my, all of the boxes exist on the table right now are get paid more than I do currently. <laughs> I like it more than the last job and not be in sales would be a really nice preference for me, but get to, or be, get to be in a creative, get to be in a creative role, creative role and or investigative role. So whether it's problem solving or whatever, if I can check, I would go, I would, I would consider it a success if I can check two out of the three boxes, ideally all three, sure. But two boxes would be great. One box, I'll take it, but I'm still going to be looking for more probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's a pretty uh, uh, methodical and uh, measurable uh, way to look at it, I think, a uh, tangible way. And hopefully that will keep me from spiraling into despair. Mm. Well, I'm here to help you spiral a little bit because otherwise we're done with the conversation. <laughs> so let's fast forward. Oh, okay. And it's a month from now. Yeah. And you've got no interviews lined up. How are you feeling? Yeah, real panicky. <laughs> Probably very much like a failure. And I'll be wondering what I did wrong. Not, not a place I want to be. I don't think I'll be there, though. I'm unusually optimistic. I think it's better to rewind, actually, because I've been here before. <laughs> That's true. And many, many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> as, as we've talked about before, you know, it's like starting back over and uh, doing it all over again. But I'm choosing to... The difference between this situation and, and times in the past, I think, is that I don't feel like this is starting over. I'm not looking at this as starting over because I'm fully planning on utilizing the skills, the experience and the actual job position I had to get a better job position. So instead, mm. it's actually a step forward and hopefully a step up 
and not going back and having to be like, what do I do? You know, and just being on LinkedIn and and searching jobs, I felt so different this time around from the last time (laughs) before I had my last job where I felt like I was looking at different positions. And most of my life, you know, every time I get on to like start looking through jobs, I'm just like, I'm not qualified for anything. And, you know, of course, as a five, I'm just like, well, shit, you know, can't I got to be qualified if I'm going to apply for something, you know, and this last job has taught me that one you can there's a, at least 25 to 30 percent of bs when applying for a job that you can just be like that feels like a conservative estimate but yeah it's i'm being conservative <laughs> yeah sure where you can just be like i can do this trust me with this and then you just learn it on the job and like hit the ground running right and and that's kind of with every job that i think a lot of that especially when you get into tech like there's so much of it so much of the interview is just seeing if you're the right cultural fit and if you are if they like you enough then if you're in their cool club then they'll overlook certain things like not having the degree they were looking for or exactly the years of experience of whatever the thing and you can just kind of start filling in those blanks and I was looking at a lot of these different jobs and I was reading like how to jump in from like sales maybe into like customer success or you know something more problem solving or even like in marketing just do like research and stuff like that and it's not too hard of a jump so then i was just like i can do all these things i'm not i don't feel bad at all (laughs) i have so many options like which road do i want to even go down so i feel very differently which is before every time i lost my job i remember one of the times that i lost a job at a church um and it was like definitely a fired situation i think we talked about it did we talk about it on the religion episode i think so yeah yeah the time that i was (laughs) was <laughs> fired for having sex essentially <laughs> <laughs> well well <laughs> there's too, so many too, places too, we can go with that but i think i actually too, just want to leave it without the context yeah there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well you know how Christ- christians are leaders aren't allowed to have sex outside of marriage that's the context there's a lot of context to go, go back to the religion episode i think i told the story and if I didn't, then <laughs> probably should cut that out. Uh, anyway, you know, the time that I got fired, I immediately, I remember I walked out of the office before I even got to my car. I had another job because I just picked up a phone and just like got anything. Right. And a lot of times that was me starting over because I wouldn't let myself sit in the uncertainty. Uncertainty for me can either be really exciting or extremely terrifying. So it's exciting when I see it as a challenge. So I like to do budget travel and backpacking, things like that. There's a ton of uncertainty involved with that, but I'm excited about it because I can acquire knowledge before my trips and kind of plan for anything that might come up. And it feels great to be able to problem solve and figure things out on these kinds of trips. So I look forward to that type of uncertainty. It can be, you know, you can feel kind of nervous, but at the same time, it's really invigorating. But when uncertainty is terrifying is when it involves other people that are going to be affected by a decision that I'm making. So, for example, I've got kids and the thought of changing my occupation right now, switching jobs, that sense of uncertainty, knowing that if there's a bad result to this action I'm about to take and it's going to affect my kids, 
then I'm terrified. But that can also be for something minor, like choosing a movie. If I'm out with friends and we all wanna catch you know, a movie, I don't wanna be the one to pick the movie or to pick the restaurant because there's uncertainty there. Is it gonna be good? Are people gonna enjoy it? And I hate the idea that my decision's gonna affect or impact other people negatively. If they hate the restaurant or they hate the movie, that'll kill me. So kind of going back, you said you wanted to rewind. Let's talk about, you know, what does it mean to you to spiral in that uncertainty? Yeah. What does that look like? Is that like kind of disintegrating to seven or is that like your six wing taking over and causing you massive amounts of anxiety? Could, I guess a little of both. I, maybe do I become a six wing seven? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's kind of both. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've felt... Today was one of my friend's birthdays and they were all going out. And I, the only reason that I'm not out probably like <laughs> being a seven is because I knew I had to be here. <laughs> so I definitely felt it today for the first time where like yesterday I was just like, I'm chill. Everything's fine. It all worked out the way I wanted it to. I got what I wanted. You know, it, it's great. And then today I was just like man, I'm feeling impulsive. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, the funny, I think the funny thing about now though, is that I'm aware of it. Whereas before the spiral looked like me being like, fuck everything. And you know, who cares about anything? I basically turned into my 16 year old self, like just super hormonal leaving messes. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a wreck. I sleep in, I stay up late, which I already have done. since yesterday that didn't take long no it took a day (laughs) (laughs) took basically a day well and see i knew that i didn't have a job anymore actually on tuesday but they didn't technically let me go until wednesday but i didn't work on wednesday because i already knew i wasn't what was i going to work on and so um even though i was still technically online and everything that was basically just so i think everybody could say goodbye Uh, which was nice of them, honestly. And it was great. And I had like three hours of just like talking to my entire team and everybody saying how much they're going to miss me. So that was nice. But yeah, I didn't work at all. And so Tuesday night, stayed up late. Last night, stayed up late. Uh, (laughs) Today I got up a little late and I, I spent the first hour of my day laying in bed changing my LinkedIn profile, looking up, <laughs> reading articles about how to jump from sales to CSM, like all these things. I was like, I could do this for my bed. I don't need to get up. <laughs> and so I think that overall, I've got it pretty, I've got it on lockdown for now. There's a, there, I still got four weeks ahead of me. A lot can happen. <laughs> but uh, currently I'm handling it pretty well. But before I, it would be, I know we're, we're supposed to be rewinding. I, um, well, I was, I was just about to say, so if you want to see Cody unravel in real time, just join the community and he'll be posting regular updates. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just make sure I'll keep you guys informed of my progress. But yeah. And uh, I think that before I, it was just, I was just, a, I was always a mess though. We've talked about this in so many different contexts, like how much of a, like just all over the place I was. And it turns out like I've been in therapy consistently now with a good therapist and I'm starting to figure out why, like, which Ooh. is, it's juicy. Here's some tea for you. Um, I don't know for sure, but we have started, I haven't told you this, have I? No. Okay. So we started the screening process to see if I'm on the autism spectrum. Okay. And the reason why this happened is because I've had two different, two different people. 
one person at least, I don't know if it was two from the community, but one from the community who's a psychologist or a therapist themselves for like 25 years reached out and was like, I've been listening since the beginning. Have you been tested for autism? And I was like, no, I haven't. But you're like the third person to say that to me. And mm-hmm. so, and two people that's listened to the podcast have said that to me. My therapist had already determined that I wasn't bipolar in any way. It just doesn't run in the family that way. It, apparently it passes on whatever gender you're born with. That's the one like you. So like I could only get it from my dad. Okay. But if I was female, I could get it from my mom. Okay. So that's kind of how it works. And I didn't know that. And my dad definitely is not bipolar, but he might be, I don't know if he's on the spectrum. Like there's, there's, I'm learning so much about it. I really quickly, I was just like, well, shit, that would explain a lot of things. Like <laughs> so many boxes being checked. And I, I kind of, my mind started exploding a little. That was like my first big, like light bulb moment thing is i brought it up to my therapist and she was like well i'm actually certified in being able to do that so we can do it if you want and Mm. she was like i don't know and she actually thought maybe she called it aspie she's like you might be a little aspie but i don't know if you're (laughs) i don't know if you're autistic well you're definitely aspie but (laughs) (laughs) and so um we started doing the screening but we we just started the beginning of it in the session our last session and uh we only got had like the last 15 or 20 minutes so it was just like we did like 15 questions and she was like, do you do these things? You know, do you experience this stuff? And every single question was a resounding, very emphatic yes. Mm. And I had like stories to go with why this applied to me. And she was like, okay, yeah, so our entire next session is going to be the actual screening. We need to like dig into this and figure out. Wow. She was like, this would explain a lot of what you've been telling me. So mm. yeah, we can talk about it. When I figure it out, if I can get an actual diagnosis, we'll talk about it on the, because apparently this is fairly common with fives being huh. on the spectrum. So Kind of odd. <laughs> I don't know what that correlation is. Um, when I was younger and definitely not nearly as in tune with my emotions or as self-aware, I think that any time that I had to start over, a lot of times the starting over was really traumatic anyway. Like when I was in the church circles, of course it was traumatic with some, you know, throughout the times that I was in there. And we've talked about that a little, but when we worked at that company in Nashville together, that was an unhealthy situation. They, they, they were getting bought out. They were going public. They're looking for ways. And it's funny because the company I'm working at now, it's like, that's kind of how that is. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, you can't breathe right without being fired right now. Mm. And so they're just squeezing everybody out. And like, you know, that's, I don't know, that's just like how companies get through this like weird growth spurt process, like, or try to survive the growth. And in a bad market, it's a lot of pressure. So I think that maybe that's what happened at that company too. But like, I felt it was... I don't know. It's a little different situation than that one. But at, at that point, you know, I had moved to Nashville for that job. I was going through a divorce at that time. There was a lot of things that were causing me to feel chaotic anyway. And <laughs> I think by that point, too, I was drinking entirely too much alcohol and just like really spiraling anyway. So like the job was the only thing keeping me in a rhythm. <laughs> and so once that was gone, that last like month and a half, two months that I was there without any job was a real dark time for me. I didn't really hang out with anybody or see anybody. I do remember having a party for my birthday a little bit right before I moved back. Was I at that? Yeah, I think so. It was downstairs. I, I, oh, okay. I just remember like you lived on the floor below us and I didn't see you for like six weeks. <laughs> yeah. You just like completely disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. It was real bad. <laughs> 
And I mean, it was worse because it was like a, you know, I lived in like a box essentially. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I could just stay. Every, my bed was always in the middle of the room. Yep. So I'm just staying in this bed, you know, and I'm just like, oh man, I was, I remember I always wanted to have 12 bottles of wine on hand. That was just like my thing. I was like, I don't know why. It just seemed like a, what? It was a I case. Didn't know that. It was a case of wine. <laughs> and it wasn't because I wanted to drink it. It was just because in my mind, I was like, that's a good, like whenever people come over and you have like plenty of options, right? <laughs> I could be a good host. That was my, in my mind, that was being a good host was having 12 bottles of wine. But the problem is I couldn't keep 12 bottles because I kept drinking them all. Yeah, that's, that's a and, recipe for disaster. Yeah, when you're a borderline alcoholic, it was a really <laughs> dangerous thing to have. Now it's just, it's amazing to look back at that time and realize just how out of touch I was with myself and going through, I mean... God, I mean, my marriage alone was a, a disaster. That was like, a, that's the dark ages of my life right there because I barely remember it. It was so emotionally tra traumatizing. So I think that coming out of that for a while, I didn't know anything about what I wanted or anything. So I was basically constantly in a, in a state of uncertainty for like three or four years. Mm. I mean, essentially, you know, I never knew what I was walking home into. And there was a lot of things in there that we haven't really talked about, I guess, I was being married to somebody who's incredibly emotionally unstable. It was just for me as someone who likes rhythm and consistency and certainty and security, that was the antithesis of my personality. And so it, it was a rough time. And I think I'm sure she had to have been a seven. I think she was a seven. So, you know, I definitely think she's a seven. Yeah. And so that would be real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just always pulling you into that disintegration. Yeah. Yes, constantly. constantly. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, it was easy to say in the beginning, it was opposites attracting, but it was actually like my most unhealthy characteristics attracting me to this idea. Of course, I was unhealthy when I met her. So it makes sense. The more I grew and especially the more I got out of religion and stuff, you know, there was just more and more separation. But yeah, so I think that it took me a while to get out of that uncertainty. And I knew I never wanted to be back there again. So I think that was a major motivator in me trying to not react to uncertainty in that way. And so I don't think that I intentionally got better at it, though. I think, and I don't, again, don't know if I'm better. I think I'm better. I'd like to think that I'm better. I, I definitely think you're better just based off of recording this podcast, like just a, that alone. You, oh, can, you can see that progression yeah, of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're much more comfortable with the uncertainty. Yeah. Well, and you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll leave this in the podcast or not, but when we were talking about what we wanted to do and if we even wanted to do this or if we wanted to use maybe like a premium episode and the one that you sent me, yeah. just me, it was so long ago because it was in the first it was, season. It was last, yeah, it was a year ago, yeah. Yeah, it was the first season. Because, uh, yeah, because I mentioned something with the sociopath episode, so we haven't even recorded that yet. And I was listening just to the way that I talked into a microphone mm. and the way that I carried myself was just so different. And yep. I feel like going back and listening to episodes from the first season would be kind of wild. Because even though it wasn't even that long ago, it feels like a long time ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. yeah, it might as well have been three years ago or four years ago, you know. And so it's just kind of crazy to feel like this podcast has definitely played a part in me feeling more consistent, but also more confident and more capable. And I love alliteration. Capable, confident. I don't know, another C. Anyway. Cocky. Cocky. <laughs> so it's it's just funny to actually literally be able to hear and see that progression, I guess. But I'll be all right this time around. Uncertainty is definitely a hard thing to do, though, as a six wing. I think it's just like it's a big struggle because 
anxiety is always there. I've definitely, have I taken more anxiety pills in the last week and a half? Yes. Every single day I've taken four pills compared to the two pills I usually take. So uh, yeah, to get through a day and it not feel like my heart is creeping up into my throat and choking me to death, I have to take extra medicine. But outside of that, I feel like I've been... (laughs) Keeping keep, keeping it down, Brian. You know, <laughs> holding it down, <laughs> holding down the fort. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, it's interesting. One unexpected consequence of starting a podcast, well, two podcasts really, and a community and all that, and recording yourself on a regular basis. Yeah, is documenting your own life. Yeah, definitely didn't think about that going into this. No. <laughs> Yeah, but that's kind of fun, though. It is, yeah, yeah for sure. It, it definitely helps you have a better perspective on your progression and yeah, and hopefully growth, right? Um, yeah, for sure. How do I feel about uncertainty? Well, it leads me to more questions, really. Is this where there's emotions involved or not emotions involved? If there are not emotions involved, I'm very decisive. Cut and dry, make a decision, boom, not even overanalyze it, not think about it again. However, if there are emotions involved, it's probably more maybe internal negotiations going on. Wow, I'm really going to date myself here, but remember the game show, Let's Make a Deal. Okay, that's really what it seems like when um, emotions are involved for me. Or, you know, for newer, younger kids, the this or that. Would you rather? And really, it comes down to fight, flight, or freeze. I think when it comes to uncertainty or indecisiveness for me, and I'm definitely more of a fight, I will not flight or freeze. So maybe it's kind of an anomaly for a five. I'm not quite sure, but that's me. So kind of going back to the uncertainty and the wings, that's, I think, one of the biggest parts where you and I usually diverge. (laughs) I mean, yeah, always (laughs) with everything is I like uncertainty in a lot of ways. There are types of uncertainty and and settings in which I don't. And we can, well, I'll dig into that in a bit. But I think being on the four wing side and living in the abyss. I don't know. There's something about uncertainty that is mysterious and appealing. And it's like it calls to me. Like if I have, if I feel like I have everything figured out, I get bored really quickly. And it's like I'm chasing uncertainty sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Well, and on that note too, as soon as you started talking about it, I was thinking about how I think that I almost choose to channel my eight instead of seven a lot of the time in this, because I agree with you in that way, in the sense that I definitely consider uncertainty an opportunity to grow and to find something better, right? Like this is my chance. This is my my window to improve my situation, not Mm. consider everything bad that just happened. And I think that that's definitely something that you know my people from my from my team definitely did not think that that's how I was going to react to it I guess because they you know as, as people often get upset or whatever and they were just like how do you feel are you feeling okay like I understand if you're mad or if you don't want to talk and I'm like I'm fine <laughs> let's talk about it I don't care so they all expected me to react and they were kind of shocked with the fact that I was like no I mean I think this is a good thing because this has been stressing me out for a while the uncertainty of my job 
was yeah. stressing me out, you know, knowing that I, no matter what I did, you know, I look at everything as a problem that can be solved and I could not solve this problem because it was yes. out of my control. You can't make an entire market work for you when it's just not going to. And so it doesn't matter how many things you do, you know, nobody's buying the, the tech that we were selling. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I wanted to go next with this is that for me, there are different types of uncertainty or mm-hmm. different contexts. Mm. And so for lack of better terms, I'm just going to define this as conceptual uncertainty. Mm. So okay. that's sort of where there are ideas or concepts that just aren't known or maybe can't be known or not fully known. Mm. And those are the ones that seem to be the most appealing to me because I, I love to just continually unpack things and and play with ideas and build models and tear them down and, and everything. Yeah, um, you're a philosopher. I, <laughs> Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) And that part is appealing to me. And I I definitely feel like that's where the four wing comes into play and sort of living in that abyss. Abyss? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. It's anonymity all over again. (laughs) Hey, you said it. I did it. Yay. (laughs) Everybody give him a round of applause wherever you are in your car, your house. (laughs) But then there's another type of uncertainty and I'll say it's like applied uncertainty or something like that. Mm. And there's sort of, there are different flavors of this. So one is I've had a similar situation where to you, I was at a job where I spent 18 months not knowing if I was going to get fired. Yeah. And I had a boss who would not give me feedback or when he did, it was very nondescript. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And I'm mm. I constantly looking to improve and I'm constantly trying to figure out like what, like what are the goal markers? Like, yeah. What's the criteria? You know, how do I know if I'm doing a good job? And I, and I started to like, started to figure that out by myself, but then it just felt like I was never meeting expectations, but I could not get a definition of what those expectations were. Yeah. I mean, you were the same in this way. Oh Definitely need that. Yeah. That was just, that was brutal. I need things to be measurable. Like yeah. I need to know where, where I'm going. Yeah. Or at least just like, give me a definition of what it is that you expect of me. Yeah. And I can decide whether or not I can rise to the occasion and most of the time, I'm, I probably will, mm-hmm. but I need to know that. And the thing that I hate the most is trying to guess what someone's expectations are and, and guess what they want from me because I'll never, I'll never get it. Like that's that guessing that just drives me up the wall. And yeah, oh, like that's the sort of thing where for me, my spiraling in that mode is just complete shut down or withdrawal, disengage. Like I want nothing to do with it. Like I will, I will burn the place down. Yeah. (laughs) And I kind of did that in a way I didn't burn the place down. I burned my whole life down when, um, (laughs) um, but that ended up being a really good thing for me in the long run. This shows up in other ways too. I have this really weird thing where if I have a task or a project, something that I have not done before and there are, we'll say there are stakes involved. And so Uh, An example of this is I have to put together a piece of furniture or a toy or something where Mm -hmm. I know that if a piece gets broken or a piece gets lost, the process of remedying that is either not possible or a huge pain in the ass. And it's going to be like when there are stakes like that, where I'm like, I have to make sure that I get this right, but I don't know what's required yet. Yeah. When I have that, I have to be alone. Mm. And I have to be siloed to figure it out on my own. Because if I have collaborators or an audience or anything like that, it can cause a lot of anxiety for me. And I've, mm. I've gotten better about that. But I have, 
you know, some great examples. One of which is you and I, we went down, we took a day trip down to Atlanta to, <laughs> to Ikea to pick up a bunch of furniture when we moved into this house. Cause we had moved, we, we were in a house and then we moved into an apartment yeah. and then a week later found out we were pregnant with baby number three. And then the pandemic hit a couple months after that. And it was like, we have to get out of this apartment. So yeah. um, we came back and found another house to move into, but we had gotten rid of most of our furniture because we moved from a house into an apartment Yeah, because we wanted to live downtown, which ended up being a nightmare. And <laughs> for you, <laughs> for me, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so we needed to get some more furniture. So we went down and got a bunch of stuff, mostly stuff for the kids, new beds and some chairs and some things. And you and I got back and we thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and try to put together these beds from Ikea really without, we hadn't eaten in several hours. So we were already kind of depleted and we had just, you know, driven through Atlanta traffic and we were coming back up and <laughs> like we're trying to put together these beds and it just did not make sense. And we got to the point where like hashtag classic Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the point where it was like, this peg is supposed to go there, but it's too big for the hole. So we've got to like cut down this end so that it fits into the right place. And we started on that and we're like, this just, this doesn't feel right. And then Madison came over yeah, and, and, and we were basically like, okay, we need to take a break. We need to get some food, clear our heads. Yeah. Um, and I remember um, it was hard enough having you help me. Yeah. Even though I appreciated your help, it was no, just like, I'm I the same way. I, I didn't want to. Yeah. 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 Um, but I also, I, at the same time, it was one of those things where I like, I also probably needed some help in order to just like moral support to get me through. Cause it had been such a long day Yeah, <laughs> and we needed to get the beds in place for the kids for that night to sleep. Right. And then, so we had dinner and, uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever told you this, but you and Madison were having a conversation and I think she thought I couldn't hear you, but, uh, I could. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she was like, basically like uh you know asking if we needed help and she was volunteering to help and you said something like you know talk to josiah and she's like i don't think he wants my help and because like, <laughs> i was being you know i was yeah. just in task mode and i was just very frustrated yeah frustrated yeah. it was like not directed at any one person and then i heard that and i it actually was good because it was a good reminder for me to take a step back and remember it's just a bed yeah <laughs> it's not a big deal right we'll figure it out and we came back in and we realized like we'd missed one little piece of the instruction yep. and <laughs> that messed everything up. And so we went back and fixed that and we had both the beds together in I'm like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah it was, it was like really nothing. fast. Yeah. yeah. And Madison was a huge help with that. Yeah, no, she was. <laughs> and, but I, I mean, but I, I was reluctant to bring in another person in that because it was just in that moment. Yeah. I'm like, I, I have to do this, but I, I, I don't know what's going on. And so I need to push everything away, everyone away so that I can get enough distance, enough clarity where I can start to gain some understanding and some confidence and some certainty mm. in this in order to engage with it and actually get the thing done. That's yeah. the thing. Like if I have to get something done, it's a different ball game. Mm -hmm. And that's how uncertainty can show up for me. And it's the same way, like with my kids, I, oh, yeah. it, that's been a huge area of growth for me. And one of the things I'm really grateful with being with, uh, being a dad, is kids don't care about that stuff. They just want to be with you. Mm -hmm. And there are times in the past where I'm just like, no, you can't be with me. And like, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. And then there are times where, you know, I let them join and I get really frustrated and it's not their fault, but I'm like really anxious that we've got this tray of 200 pieces 
little screws and pieces right. and things and like what's going to happen if you accidentally kick it and they yeah. go everywhere like, <laughs> you know. like their nubby little fingers on them and, and then, take them off into the yard or swallow one <laughs> or and have to take you to the er like just <laughs> things like that but I, and and because it's it's coupled with a task or a project that have to get done it's just like causes so much anxiety and and there have been a few times where I actually have been able to work through that. Sometimes what I like to do is if it's something that requires it to be done multiple times, then I'll do it by myself first, just so I can get that out of the way and then be confident. And then I'll bring them in and that helps me have a lot more patience. Um, really the amount of patience that's required for working on projects with small kids. Yeah. That helps me a lot. But when I can't do that, I do my best to remind myself of what's really at stake, which is not spending time with my kids and not having an opportunity to teach them something or bond with them or learn from them sure. and, yeah. and all of that. And so I remember when we were working on the plant stands for the garden that I did. Yeah. And I did one first by myself. Or actually, I think that was the goal. I wanted to do one first by myself. Mm-hmm. That but, sounds right. But my, my oldest came out and mm-hmm. just insisted that he help. And so I started to find little things and he was doing a really great job and, and listening to instructions. And, um, he's five years old. So like, yeah. um, it, it he's at it, that age where you can start being useful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was like just on the verge yeah, where he's yeah. like, you know, it's still not quite listening to instructions, but we worked out a system to where it worked. And then we, we built the second one together. And there's this one part where I had to, the, the bottom shelf piece is just supposed to hold up like these five gallon bucket planter things. Mm-hmm. And so I put one board across and then I put chicken wire across the top just to kind of add a support. Yeah. And the process of hammering these damn things in with these little like staple nails. Yeah. And I was like hitting my fingers with the hammer. I was, I was like, <laughs> everything I could not to curse in that moment because he was there with me and he's watching me do this and he's like dad I think you need to stop and take three deep breaths (laughs) whenever I am uncertain about something and I know that the outcome doesn't matter it's exciting because there's a level of anticipation Um, positive anticipation that I think can get my adrenaline pumping. But if it's something that I am insecure about or worried about, I will ruminate on it until I can't think about it anymore. When faced with uncertainty, I generally go into problem-solving mode, trying to figure out what the next best step is, especially when I'm at my unhealthiest. Internally, I am freaking out, and so I generally try to do the things that calm me down in order to be able to make a good decision. Sometimes, if I'm at a healthier, I just lean into that eight and take an action and don't think too much about the uncertainty aspect of it because I don't really like being uncertain. So coming back to your point earlier, there are, I guess, two ways you can look at the uncertainty. You can look at it as a source of anxiety that causes you to shut down or withdraw or spiral, however you want to describe that. Yeah. Or you can look at it as opportunity. Yeah. An opportunity for change that you've likely already wanted. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I feel like that's probably most people 
when we get to this place, unless it's like tragedy with like, when, you know, we're talking about jobs a lot today. So like with jobs, oftentimes whenever it gets to the place where you are let go or something like that, there's probably a lead up to that moment where you were like, I'm unhappy and I wish this was different. Mm. This is your opportunity to change that. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. We'll, we'll take this journey together because you know I'm going to talk about it in the future. We'll uh, we'll get to the next season and uh, I'll, we'll, hopefully I'll know where I'm landed <laughs> and doing hopefully thriving wherever it is I am going. By the way, this was your third job since we started this podcast. It was my third, so now will be my fourth job. Well, you have a job per season. <laughs> yeah, well, the season's ending, so time for a new job. <laughs> that's really funny. I love that. Oh man, that's so good. So yeah, you know, post in the comments what job you think I should have for season four. <laughs> What kind of adventure do you want Cody to go on next? It's a choose your own adventure, I guess. Did we mention this is an interactive podcast? Yeah, <laughs> there'll be polls. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that would be, uh, I guess on that note, if anybody knows of anything, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Shoot me a DM on the community. Um, or, yeah, I think that, it's, I don't know. It's. I mean, if we talk about how many, have we, we've talked about how many jobs I've had. Yes, so we did that episode. It, on was, the, yeah. it was a long one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think at this point I've got to be near 40, 40 jobs. Cause wow. I, year, I mean, years ago I was at like when I first, when I was working at the bar, that was like 2018. I counted up like 33, 34 jobs. So I've got to be close to, that would have been, yeah, like four, four jobs ago. So by the time this, this next one might be 40. Hey, <laughs> do a celebration. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'll count it up. We'll talk about it in the premium podcast. I'll, I'll count it up this week, this weekend and figure out exactly how many jobs I've had. If there's many, I can remember anyway, they all start to blend together that many jobs. But, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of like tiny, tiny bits of skills that are pretty much useless. Cause it's such a small percentage of what I actually know now. <laughs> it's just like when you pour, you, you make a, a big soup, but you put 70 spices in it. Is it going to taste like anything? Do you know that they <laughs> had cumin in it <laughs> or whatever? Cumin? Cumin? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Okay. Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that this, I think I, I've come around to the idea that uncertainty is a positive thing. And it's really hard to remind myself of that because I definitely struggle with anxiety. I struggle with, I mean, I, I struggle with spiraling. I struggle with kind of wanting it to be a vacation. I, there's a lot of things I struggle with. It makes it negative in many ways. I've been trying to keep myself busy, you know, working on the podcast, trying to finish the season and uh, things like that. But, uh, and, you know, I played a played a, a gig last night and I've got, I just booked another one today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll be busy. <laughs> By the way, next episode is our season finale and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it for multiple reasons. I'm excited about it because of the content. It's definitely, I think it has to be my favorite conversation because I feel like we accomplished so much in it and covered uh, covered a lot of, a, a wide range of things because we, I mean, we did so much. We literally figured out what our subtypes were. Yes. So. Live in real time. You get to follow on the journey with us. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to stop myself from talking about my subtypes multiple times to not give, give we away. To, yeah, we want it to be a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm also excited because of the, now I'll have a lot of time to really pour into uh, the production part of it. And uh, I've, I've got some really cool ideas that I want to do. So, yeah, it'll be fun for sure. But all that to say, I mean, 
helps me helps me deal with the uncertainty. Helps me deal with the uh, not getting to a place where I'm looking around my apartment going, "Am I going to have this in a month?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to. I feel like we've progressed so much in where we are in life, and I don't want to go backwards. So that's definitely a, a thought I don't try to entertain for too long. So there's an, there's another aspect of this that we haven't really explored, which is does certainty exist? Ooh. <laughs> no, it yeah. doesn't. So it's all relative. So in one way, this whole conversation is meaningless because we're talking about dealing with uncertainty. But hang on, now we've already <laughs> talked about nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> but how can we really be certain of anything? Yeah, right. It's it's it's, it's perceived certainty, right? Yeah. yeah, and we tend to think of it as a binary, it's right? Certain or not certain? Sure, right? But it's yeah. very much a, a gradient. <laughs> It's very much a scale. There's a probability of how certain we are, and there are inputs, and there's an algorithm, but we can't ever really be sure. Yeah. And if you you just keep zooming back out, we'll be back in the nihilism episode very quickly, because I'm just like, yeah, and while we're doing all of that, we're walking around on a planet that we don't belong on, as like... Because because we were seeded by aliens, and... Yeah. While we are hurled through space, we, spiraling. We can take this conversation many different directions. Oh, man. Into the uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's like, you, how do, yeah, it's it's a ridiculous assertion to say that you're certain about anything. For sure. And so, may, yeah, that might be a good place to try to land this plane <laughs> because... It's really easy to to talk yourself out of panic and uncertainty when you realize that even when you're the most certain... You're not that certain. Like, you're, ne- you're never really that certain. Nothing is ever certain. So no matter how certain you feel, it's not certain. <laughs> but isn't it certain to say that nothing is certain? How can you be certain that okay. nothing is certain? <laughs> I guess I can't. Maybe some things are certain. I don't know. Gravity seems to be pretty certain. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? I mean, based on the evidence. The experience of... The experience of, of gravity. Of this planet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our... Yeah. <laughs> well, gravity... Would depending on any situation, like how big the planet is and whatever, like that's the difference of gravity, right? So that seems to be pretty consistent from what we know anyway. So gravity, it's certain that gravity exists. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So there are certain things. What does it mean to exist? Well. How do you know you exist? I guess we have to, that we would go down the the road of consciousness and the fact that <laughs> the mere um, methodology, the mere, the, 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 the even construct of existing <laughs> is made up by consciousness that we somehow manifested within our being <laughs> of whatever that is. <laughs> so, I, I mean, like, uh, if I were to, if I were to plant my flag anywhere, I would say probably the only thing we can really be certain of is that we are having... The only thing that I can be certain of as an individual is that I'm having some sort of conscious experience. Yes. I'm experiencing something. <laughs> Currently, we are here experiencing. Well, at least I'm here experiencing. I, don't, I can't be certain that you're also here. I'm, ex- I'm experiencing you being here, but I'm, I can't be certain that you're also experiencing you being here. You can't be certain of my experience. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or your existence. Yeah. I've had to come to the grip, come to grips with the reality that I'm pretty certain that I'm going to die one day. We've talked about that a lot. Oh, that is one thing I'm I'm certain about too. You're definitely going to die one day, <laughs> <laughs> and you're fairly certain it's going to be by your head. <laughs> 
Yeah. I already have it planned out. <laughs> if he's not dead by this time, <laughs> we're going to plan B. <laughs> we've we've now we've now done the the very five thing that we, fives can do, which we we have unraveled this conversation into basically <laughs> to, to the point of to just the point complete of, nonsense. Yeah, we're about to black pill ourselves, <laughs> as you would like to say. We've got pill in hand. <laughs> we're looking at it <laughs> longingly, <laughs> but we could take this as an opportunity. Mm. Look at you bringing it around like a like a preacher. <laughs> About to do an altar call. Yeah, an altar call of, of fives. Oh man, we better stop while we're uh, uh, behind. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Either way, it's been a fun uh, thought experiment to talk about certainty and how we come back around to just unraveling it completely. I would like to say that this helped my situation. I guess time will tell. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's been it's been fun fun conversation, and uh, I'm glad that we had it. I can say that I'm certain that I am happy that we had this conversation. Well, I know we were uncertain going into this conversation. Yeah, and, more you than me, and and uh, I'm currently uncertain of how it actually went. But yeah, <laughs> well, we will find out. Don't worry, I, I've gotten to be an ex. I've, I am now an expert at editing our podcast and creating narrative out of the nonsense that we talk about for two hours. So uh, by the end, it'll be good. All right. <laughs> or at least it'll say something. Those are <laughs> that I'm certain. <laughs> there of. we go. That is the promise that we give to every one of you. At least we will say something. We've had a lot of whiskey. <laughs> I think we need to call it a wrap. Yeah, let's do good it. Good night. Yeah, good night. Good. Good. Good night. (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to say, but that wasn't it. (laughs) Hey, it's Josiah, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you're the type of person who likes helping others, would you do us a favor and share it with other people like you? If you found value in this conversation, they will too. I also want to give a special thanks to our community members who shared their voice with us in this episode. If anything in this conversation has resonated with you, or if you have any further thoughts or questions, I want to invite you to join our community of other people like you and continue the conversation at Enneagram5.com.